Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Recently finished with the ruins of Zulkunda, our heroes Butch, Ari, and Falkus continue their exploration of the jungles of Stranglethorn. They plan to visit a point of interest that they passed on their way to the ruins before returning to Grom Gaul. What hazards await them in the wilds? Let's find out now as we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Uh, okay, so you arrived at Gromgol Base Camp. You were told by Wellath Fellblaze that there were a number of interesting places to explore in Northern Stranglethorn. And you had this whole argument with him about, you know, whether or not he had a better plan than you guys did and whether or not he was right to, you know, give Falkus the attitude he gave him and all that other stuff. He pointed out the ruins of Zulkunda. Uh, uh, he pointed out the troll town of Bambala as being a potential place for new information. And he made a comment that like, hey, listen, I agree with you guys that a more stealthy, more backdoor approach is best, but we don't know how to do that. We don't have the intelligence. Uh, have We haven't gathered uh, enough intel on this enemy to know how to do that. So, But there's got to be some sort of backdoor entrance into the town. So if you can figure that out, that'd be great. Um, he gave you all this information by like grabbing an old map like on an old quest board off and pointing some things out. And then you guys ended up taking the map with you as you left um, there. And there was like an old quest pinned to it. Like somebody wanted a missing page from an old manuscript about Stranglethorn. <laughs> that was a, th that was a, I'll give you guys straight. No, nah, never mind. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, you also know that uh, Kiz Bluntstrike, who was the weapons vendor at Booty Bay, had said, "Oh yeah, I know a guy over at the Venture Co base camp. It's this big lumber mill in the middle of the uh, middle of the jungle. So you could head there, and they may they may know something. They may have some insight for you, or some supplies, or who knows what. They may be able to help you out. Uh, and you also know from the Vulpira that you helped that there are swarms of those big mosquito bats um, hanging out primarily in the southeast area, around where on the map it's marked the Mashag Ogre Mound." Uh, in that area uh, that in infect people with a disease that causes fevers and blindness and things. Um, and in fact, in that same area, I know that Erica, you had pointed out last time that that cave in the Southeast, you described, I was listening to, as I was editing the show from the last recording, uh, you described that area as tantalizing. So run with that however you'd like. Um, the, uh, the decision that you guys had come to after having a conversation with Wellath and the orc who was in charge of Gromgol, his name is Agragosh, was, all right, well, the first place we want to check out is Zulkunda. So you headed up that way. On the way there, you found this set of footprints that belonged to some kind of really tiny humanoid, possibly a, um, possibly a gnome. 
and it has traveled down this pathway where it like as far as you can tell what it appeared to be was that it was an actually massive creature or maybe it was a tiny guy with huge strength or it's hard to tell but he had like shoved a bunch of trees aside like the dad from dinosaurs um and then you were like all right well interesting mark that for later let's keep on on our original mission and head up to Zulkunda. Um, you went up there looking for information that you thought might help you in your fight against the trolls. Really the only new information that you guys found, um, aside from like a strategy for fighting the particular monster that you found there, was that Jindo, the leader of the Gurubashi trolls, had already been killed two times, and their belief was that there was no way to revive him. Um, but that they wanted to, and they thought that that would be cool because he was the one person who had mastered um, the blood rituals that were necessary to revive, and not revive, but to summon Hakkar to the mortal plane. Um, after he had been killed the second time, he had been buried uh, with honor and, 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 and all that uh, just outside of the troll town of Bambala. Um, that all came to light right before... Um, the fight with the the, the troll guy. Uh, the troll guy who you found was this worshiper worshiper of Hakar that bit necks and sucked blood and lowered your max hit points temporarily. Uh, he dissolved basically in running water. Um, so take that information what a world, and what a world. <laughs> so, yeah, not not dissimilar. Um, yeah, you t- take that information for and take the inferences that. Uh, that you choose to glean from it, however those may be. Um, he was guarding a small shrine that seemed to have been used for some small-scale uh, you know, ritual sacrifice to Hakkar, like mostly prayer stuff, nothing that was actually going to gain... Like it was, This was not a site for summoning, but it was like a site for prayer. Um, the space itself was mostly empty of useful things, uh, aside from that one remaining acolyte and a magical dagger that I'm pretty sure somebody picked up. Um, just to clarify its ability, because you did take a short rest here after everything was finished, you would have had sufficient time to examine it and figure out its abilities. The sacrificial dagger does have a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with the dagger, like if you go to stab somebody with it. Uh, And if you attune to it, you can use it whenever you cast a spell to deal 1d4 necrotic damage to yourself, And if you do that while you're casting the spell, it gives you a plus one bonus on the attack roll, the damage, uh, and or the spell save DC of the spell that you cast when you cast it. And it depends on, like, whatever's appropriate for that spell. Um, But it would be, like, if it has a spell save DC and a damage component, it would be a plus one bonus to each of those things. Uh, Focus picked that up, but I'm guessing he didn't attune to it. He's welcome to do so, but I don't know if you actually have any spells that would be like you, all your spells are really more like bonuses on attacks. They're not really spell spells. Correct. I believe I um, during our short rest, I sat with it and identified what it was and then linked it in the chat. And I believe my next plan was to offer it to Ari. But yeah, now at this point, that's what led up to here. Um, and I will tell you that you have uh, thoroughly enough explored the ruins of Zulkunda to know that the stuff that you found here is what there is here to find. Um, so now 
it's still relatively early in the day because the first thing you did upon arriving at Zulkunda was take a long rest. Then you woke up first thing in the morning and then went exploring and found the, the, the undead troll thing that you fought. So it's still pretty early on in the day. Um, and then you took a short rest after that fight was complete, so your hit points are, you know, as good as they're going to be. Uh, what would you guys like to do at this point? Well, ugh, I feel a little bit better, I suppose. Not not full up. But, you know, my my feet don't hurt as bad. What do y'all reckon you want to do? I kind of want to go uh, check out those footprints, follow them off into the woods and see what's uh, what's heading off in the jungle that way. Oh, so you, uh, you, you're not looking to just rush into Zolgarub, just the three of us? You, you want to, uh... <laughs> not yet. We, looking looking at the map, um, the direction of the footprints went east, right? Uh, the footprints direction was, yeah, it was like an east-northeast-ish. Okay. Um, I know heading off that way, um, take us to the river, which we can follow the river back down south. Uh, check out the Venture Co. base camp there, the uh, the uh, lumber mill there. Um, Bambala's over that way, and then the ogre mounds are, are all down down that direction. So I'm thinking just, you know, not going back to Grom Gold just yet, but uh, let's see what else we can find in the forest here to figure out what we can do at Zulgurub. Well, heck, I, I wouldn't mind because if we run into something big, I can make some of those uh, branded battle burgers. That sounds tasty. Oh, yeah. Better than anything they got back at that Gromgol orc camp. What do you think, Ari? Let's go have an adventure. Okay. So the idea is you're headed back toward the footprints area. Yes. That was not too terribly far from this place. And in order to get here, you guys had to work pretty hard to bushwhack through the jungle. Um, as you leave, you find the hole that you cut through, because like I say, um, Falkus and Butch were basically axes out, like slicing through the plant life to try to make their way. So there is a there is a freshly cut pathway for you to follow. So it's not going to be difficult to retrace your steps. Uh, what's going to be difficult is when you actually... Uh, reach the, the the area where you're going to get off path, that's when you're really going to start to have to make some effort again. But as you're walking, you do find that, like, it's, even though it's only been half a day, it's starting to overgrow again. Like, it's the, the rapid pace of the growth of this jungle is such that it's, it's, this path isn't going to be here for very, very long. You make your way back, and you do eventually find the, the footprints again, and the two trees that Whatever creature left this footprints walked between two trees that were a little too close together for it and appeared to put a hand on each one and shove them aside like they were walking through double doors. Um, and the handprints that they left on the trees are these big, thick, meaty, like, like it, it pushed with some big, big, heavy uh, strength. And it's these tiny little eensy weensy footprints that are walking through. Big um, hands, they lead off tiny the, feet. They lead off to the northeast. Well, uh, you reckon we might ought to follow, follow these footprints in? I'm intrigued. We, we might want to... Maybe I'll get my axe out and... And... Kind of cut away. Let, let, let's follow these footprints, but... Uh, 
I'll, I'm going to be, be cutting away at the underbrush. All right. Why don't you guys go ahead and roll me a group survival check. Let's get a survival check from everybody. This will be for following the path, tracking everything, making sure you're not getting lost. 18. I thought I rolled really good for a moment there, but then I realized it wasn't my roll. <laughs> Falcus has got a seven. I forgot I have to reactivate um, the add-on, so I will re-roll once I get that activated. Oh, I can pull up the... Um... I rolled a twenty, a natural 20. Um, Let's keep that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I see that. So I will if- redo... Sorry. This campaign uses that and the other one doesn't, so I always have to switch it on and off. Right. So on that topic, um, I started using the add-on that we're talking about before D&D Beyond put the feature in where you can roll the dice on the character sheet and everyone can just see the dice. Like, I can I, I can pull up the game log and see that you rolled that those dice. Um, do you guys prefer to have it all show up in the other... Like, what, what are you guys' preference? Like, we can... Now that now that D and D Beyond shows what everyone's roles are, we can do away with the other thing. Um, but in order, but doing away with the the add on would make it so that your like health bars on your character tokens don't update anymore. So I don't know what you guys' preference are. Oh I'm happy no, to I want the way. update on the character token for sure. And that is a hundred percent okay. I just I have to remember to enable it as all, and that's just on me. Okay. Um, in that case, we're going to take, it was a seven from Falkus, an 18 from Butch and a 24 from Ari. Um, so yeah, Falkus as trips a, and as a, <laughs> stubs his toe. As a group survival check, not bad. Um, Falkus is mostly uh, paying more attention to his, uh, his vampire bite than he is to anything else that's really going on in the jungle. But Butch and Ari kind of have their head on, in the game. As you guys make your way through the the jungle, the, the trail of this, these little gnomish footprints, they kind of wind their way through the overgrowth ahead, uh, overhead, excuse me. You guys find that there are branches broken where um, uh, whatever individual was walking through this pathway who, that made the prints looks like it snapped branches as it traveled. Um, and I'm talking like a foot and a half, two feet over Butch's head height. Um, really tall creature. Um, and eventually, as you travel on those kind of survival checks, it's kind of effortless almost. You guys end up opening into uh, a space where the jungle is not quite as overgrown as most of the rest of the surrounding uh, brush. And before you on the ground, sprawled out like against the side of a tree, you see um, the body of an ogre. A really large one. It's got these weird burn marks along its chest and down its arms that are jagged and it's just like strangely patterned. It doesn't look like it was hit by like a fiery attack, but it's got charred markings on it as though it was burned by something. Um, It looks like it's been dead for, I don't know, two or three days. It looks like relatively fresh. Um, comparison to what it could be. Um, and its clothing is pretty destroyed from the the damage that it took. Um, boots seem okay. And the footprints that lead up to it, and then like in the area around it where it looks like it had some kind of a tussle, like on an 18 and a 24 survival check, you guys can see clearly that there was a signs of struggle here. Um, its footprints move around this way and that way and then there's like this large 
uh, burn mark on the ground next to where he's lying. And it looks like he got hit by something. That's what cooked him. He's He hit his back against a tree, slumped down, and died in that position. And all the footprints around it are these little gnome footprints. And they lead right up to where he's, he's sitting. The other side of this struggle look like these large three-toed... Um, I don't know. Like I'm almost picturing a T-Rex footprint, but it's not as it's not as large as those and it's not as skinny as those. Like they have those skinny little toes on them. Like this is like kind of fatter, almost like it, it was a big bird-like. Not not as birdish, but like it would be wrong to describe them that th- 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 they look like a cow's hoof, but they're um fat and wide in that way. And it looks like for, again, on an 18 and a 24, you guys rolled like basically well enough to see everything on this whatever this creature was it looks like it's a four-legged creature that this ogre was in a fight with that lost um and that like all of this is what you find yeah so the ogre's boots you said looked good yeah they seem fine and what's like how big are they as big as an ogre's foot yeah like normal ogre foot size so big but yeah but all the tracks leading up to the giant, t- to this ogre, are tiny. Yep. Can I inspect the ogre? Does he have anything on him? I don't know if he's wearing pants or like maybe has a pocket in his boots or something. Yeah, go ahead and roll a, um, I can never remember, in- uh, investigation check. Investigation? Oh, I rolled a natural one. It's not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like, he's kind of gross. Um, he's like a bunch of his stuff is burned. You're kind of hesitant to get too close to him. It's also a bloated corpse. Yeah, he's not looking... I mean, I three described him. Yeah, I described <laughs> him as being fresh because he's not like a skeleton. There's still meat on him, but like, it's it's yucky. Okay. Like, we're talking... We're talking flies. Yeah. He said that it looked like what killed him was a four-legged creature? Yeah, it seemed like some sort of large four-legged beast of some kind, given the shape of the footprints. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I uh, I don't want to be messing with uh, this. And I start swatting flies off my off my snout. Um, I'd like to get. I mean, is is the jungle down at the bottom here? Is is it pretty dense in this area? It looked like it had been cleared out a little bit. It's still pretty overgrown, but like it's not as thick as the area that you just came in from. Um, that may. It's it's hard to, to infer exactly why that is, but it's it's a little less busy here than it is in other places. I'd like to uh, get some height, uh, climb climb a decent tree, preferably not a snake rope, um, and get some height and look down to see what I can infer from the tracks, the markings, what direction that big beast went into, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's trees nearby that would be easy enough to climb up. Um, go ahead and... Okay, so kind of what you're asking for is to climb the tree and then to be able to see from a bird's eye view more information about the tracks. So there's like an athletics portion to that and then there's also a survival portion. So let's go ahead and roll both just to see what we can do. All right, so athletics, we're going to have a 10... And a survival is a five. Okay. Um, I mean, like I say, 
you're an adventurer, tree climbing is not all that difficult for you. Um, 10 is generally accepted to be an easy DC, I think, or maybe even a medium D, I don't remember. But 10 is sufficient to climb a tree. That's kind of, there's really no, you're not in a time limit here, so that's fine. You get up to the top of one of the trees, and as you're looking around, the foliage from this height is a little too thick um, to see very much about the tracks any farther than, say, 20 feet away, where you can see that after the tussle, the creature moved away toward further uh, toward the northeast. Uh, but you lose track of it pretty quickly. Like you, From your vantage point, you really only have about 20, 25 feet worth of following it before it disappears into the overbrush. Hmm, okay. We don't want to be following that big creature, do we? <laughs> what happened? I don't know how much fun you want to have today. Yeah, right. Uh... We were following the tiny tracks versus the big, large body that potentially moved trees out of the way. What are the size of the boots that the ogres are wearing? The ogres wearing? Uh, um, we were, Butch and I were talking about this earlier. They I are... literally just asked that. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to do that, but not that. Uh-huh. Uh, the yeah, like the, the the boots fit the ogre. Um, it's it's interesting that they weren't. First of all, it's interesting that the ogre had tiny footprints. Like that's really the only thing to infer on that. Um, but it's also weird that, like, he's not really wearing much of a shirt. Like he had some clothing on, uh, but most of what he was wearing was kind of blasted to smithereens when he got hit by whatever it was that he got hit by. Uh, he was wearing, um, it, he was wearing like more than a loincloth, but he had on like really, really rudimentary like pants, like kind of shorts almost. Um, but like, because they had been torn up and they are pretty obliterated, the boots look fine, which is unusual. Do the footprints go right up to the boots? Like the yeah. tiny footprints? Yeah. This creature left those footprints. Can I roll an arcana check on those boots? Uh, what are you trying to discover? Uh, that they're magical in nature. Yeah, go for it. In my head, this is incredible hole. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> magic uh, boots. Focus rolled at 11 for Arcana. Um, it may be the case that uh, the boots themselves are unique in that way, but at a distance, you really you don't know enough about enchanting to know for sure. Well, it doesn't look like he's needing them much anymore. Uh, I'm going to go take those boots. <laughs> Good luck with them. All right. Um, you... I'm Just going for... to... Go Does ahead. his foot fall off? I, I, I am definitely going to carefully approach the body and hopefully it not be a, a trap. <laughs> okay. Um, go ahead and roll. No, never mind. Um, you walk up and you start to carefully pull these things off the feet and body doesn't move. Nothing happens in the jungle. Everything seems fine. It takes a little bit of effort because he's starting to swell. Um, but the boots, as you touch them, they seem to change shape a little bit, just enough to get them to wrench off. And then as you're holding them, they start to reduce down in size a little bit. Um, they have that magical tingle to them. They feel magical and you're watching them resize themselves because you're holding them. They're magic. These are pretty cool. Wonder where this guy got them from. Doesn't look like, uh, type of person who would have something of this, this nature. What, what do you mean he doesn't look like? I mean, does, do any of us look like we'd have magic shoes? I, I, I'm i going to, like, look at myself 
and kind of <laughs> brush myself off a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, I mean, does the ogre shrink into a gnome? No. Well, here, 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 Butch, put these on. They don't look like your. No. They don't look like your size right now. But I'm like, here, just, just, just trust uh-uh. me on this. Uh uh-uh. uh uh uh. Those are dead shoes. Those are dead, dead shoes. Are the shoes dirty? They could use a cleaning, but I'm gonna press to digitation the shoes. They're, they're lovely. Okay. You. They're did spotless. It. Now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Butch. Okay. Clean. Well, you, you know what? You know what? We just seen tiny little footprints come up to this giant ogre. Ain't ain't no ogre footprints. I don't need to be all that smart to know what these boots do. And um, all I know is there's a bloated corpse here and there's boots here. They make you big and strong, huh? Dang it! This goes against this goes against everything I believe in or know about. And I grab the boots. Okay. Um you're a little bigger than Falcus, so as you're holding them, the soles slowly slide up the the heel like however you want the boots to look like whoever ends up using them or if you if any of them ends up using them permanently um yeah you can like make them look at transmog is like you don't even need a mount for transmog here so it looks however you want them but they resize so that they look like you'd be able to wear them easily hopefully they they well they do match my pirate jacket pretty good um remember i have a pirate hat over the helm of whatever that i have on skull cap <laughs> so um i put the boots on okay okay well they fit real good yep they look good look too. good too <laughs> okay <laughs> well i ain't dead yet and i i reach out and touch falcus's hand axe i smack it away <laughs> Just like real, like instinctively, like I'm not even paying attention, and I, I, I like maybe out of the corner of the eye, I see you, and I just go, whoosh, just real quick. Whoosh. Yeah, I was just, I was testing some. We know these are magic boots, and we know that magic stuff around here ain't all that good. So take take a couple steps in that mud over there, but think that you're leaving something, some other type type of footprints. All right. And I, uh, and I twirl around uh, sarcastically like a ballerina and dance uh, through the mud. What footprints were, what, uh, footprints were you thinking of? My, oh, like ballerina? I, I, would, I, I, would, I would assume that the footprints would be that of myself. I was saying that, like, no, no, walk over there, but think like you're leaving some, some other type of footprints, not yours. You want me to think? Like I'm leaving. Okay, I think I am leaving the footprints of a human ballerina, and I'm totally sarcastic because um, Falcus is just being dumb, in my opinion. Anyway, I just and, and I do the da 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 da. I put my hands above my head to kind of uh, do a little twirl and 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 I dance Pirouette. through the mud. Thank you. Just because I'm curious, roll a performance check for me. 
16. You know, a lot of a lot of big dudes, especially like football players and things, they'll take ballet to help them with their agility. You pull it off actually pretty convincingly. Like you start off sarcastic, but like I don't know, man, I'd buy it. It looks that was that was pretty good. Um as you start walking toward the mud, you don't notice anything unusual about Butch's footprints. He starts to dance and he's leaving behind the footprints of a small uh female human. Barefoot. Huh. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pat Butch on, on, on the arm after you stop and I'm like, turn around, go look. Oh dang it. I hate it when you're right. So so looks like these boots these are pretty uh, cool. So I can well that's interesting. I can I can hide whatever I am. We could have used these on the pirate ship. <laughs> yeah, that would have made actually. that would have made that a lot easier. <laughs> we, we managed, but yeah. Ari did a pretty good job. Yeah, you guys pulled that one off just fine without um Butch, you can go ahead and pop your inventory open and add a boots of false tracks. But this might help us if we're going to try and, and deceive any of these trolls or anything like that in the future. Leave some troll footprints behind us instead? Or something, yeah. Boots Which might have to work on have been acting added. a little. Acting? Well, <laughs> a- acting is... <laughs> would have been more... Uh, okay, we know, we know what killed this thing, so it would have been funnier if like it was some it was a person who killed it, killed the ogre, and then left with the boots and left tiger tracks behind. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, whatever killed this 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 ogre. So we now know it's an ogre, not a gnome turned into an ogre. And I think that's important because that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought I was going to put these boots on and he was having get fun leaving leaving tiny footprints. That's different. That's pretty cool. Is there anything else on the body? Uh, roll a uh, investigation. Natty twenty for a twenty six. Yeah, not bad. Um, no, he's. He didn't have very much on him. Um, Ari didn't want to get close. You actually get close and get your fingers dirty a little bit, looking around in his like what's left over of his pockets and like pulling the strap of his loincloth aside just to see if he's got like a note tucked in there or anything. Nothing. It was the boots. Uh, Butch, it specifies. I didn't realize this. It specifies in the item that it has to be a creature your size, which means medium. So really, an ogre wouldn't have been able to do gnome footprints. But I think that's more fun. So I don't care. Um, as long as you're not going like I'm a medium pan- <coughs> Pandaren and I'm going to leave the footprints of an ancient black dragon behind me. Like, I don't think I'd let you pull that one off, but in right. general, do whatever you want. Only humanoids can wear these boots while wearing the boots. You can choose to have them leave tracks. You can do a Calvin and Hobbes style and leave dinosaur prints. You know, you put your one foot down and then you one and one and you make little dinosaur <laughs> toes. Anybody read... Calvin no. Hobbs. That's the one with the tiger. Yes. Yes. Wow, I got magic boots and a magic axe. High priest and and boots for walking. You're looking mighty fine there with your jacket and your hat and now your boots. When I first met y'all, I just had you know regular trousers and these suspenders. Looking pretty darn good. Actually makes All me right. want to go dress up my rogue in, in World of Warcraft now with the jacket and hat and boots. Well, yeah, the rogues get that set from Kul'Tiris, so yeah, that's a good idea. 
So uh, we going after this bird creature, or we heading back to the in the direction of Zulgurub? You said that the footprints went up to the northeast of this tiger thing, this beast, this four-legged beast. I say tiger, but... Yeah, definitely not tiger. Tigers have, like, the padded with the toes and all that. Um, this thing's got toes, but most of its foot is non-toe foot. Um, it's got, like, three... Li- it's not It's not birdish. Um, it's fatter than that. Uh, it's a four-legged beast of some kind. It's that, an elephant. Um... You know what? Actually, I'm picturing it in my mind. Elephant foot is not all that far off from what it actually is. But yeah, good good comparison. There's no brontosaurus. That's right. You said it was it was kind of kind of tauren like, but not quite. Uh, yeah, I was I was going kind of in the wrong direction when I described a cow hoof. Um, elephant foot is a lot closer to what I'm what we're what we're looking at. Okay. Well, it kind of goes in the right way anyway. The right way to what? Oh, that that's actually pr- pr- pretty good. Okay, so if we're going after this, we're going hunting. That's that's the situation. Or we can uh, figure out where we want, where we were gonna go after this little adventure. Honestly, I think this. Uh, I think that the reason for this little side quest was the boots. I'd be surprised if there's anything on that bird but meat. Bird. They want to. Not, I mean, bird, if we're going to get some, some good meat off that thing, if you want to go hunting for it, we can. Um, or we can continue heading east towards the Venture Base Camp to the uh, the logging camp. All right, let's follow Let's let's follow the tracks. Let's, oh, let's, you want to fight. You let's do fight. it. We're going hunting. All right. So, uh, focus when it comes to the, you know, the... Be- be- being like that, let's let's have you take point with your little bitty elf feet, and Arya walk behind you, and I will ready a uh, high priest. That's not a good name for an axe. You came up with it, didn't you? Or was that yes. out of your Twitter poll? I didn't put a Twitter poll. <laughs> I thought you did, or maybe you said you were going to. Or I maybe said you... it was going to. Yeah, I remember but, that. That's, you. We have the walk. You can think of a better name. For now, it's High Priest. What if it has a different name every combat? (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to, like, name a weapon then rename it. Um, Or it's weird to to do that. And I named it that way because I I killed the big troll. So then I'm like, I mean, the obvious thing is Troll Bane. But no. High Priest. There's a lot of good, like... um, sarcastic puns. things. Yep. A lot of good puns that one can make with High Priest. There's a lot of good puns that you can do with Troll, too, though. Because, like, trolls are a monster, but they're also a guy in the chat room who says the wrong thing because he thinks it's funny. So there's, like, a whole line you could take there if you wanted to. We were, we we're just saying that High Priest is not a good name for a great axe. I know I came up with it myself. And it's because we <laughs> killed the High Priest. But, ah, uh, 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 why is this so hard? It could be, like, High Priest Slayer, or Priest Slayer. Priest Slayer. There we go. There it is. Thank you. Priest Slayer. That, that, that sounds, you know, this is to all my Catholic friends in the audience. We're talking about evil troll high priests, not 
you know, good guys. Not so Father Dan um, from the church down the street. Like, not, <laughs> he's he's fine. Not not the guy, you know, ladling soup out and visiting widows in the in the hospital. Not that guy. That's not who I'm, you know. Okay. So he, Priest Slayer is the name of my axe. I've written it down. <laughs> that makes it official. Oh, I just scribbled out high and put Slayer <laughs> at the end. <laughs> it's, um, it's, uh, it's written on the side of the, uh, the handle of the blade, too. It's like you pick up your, your axe and it says high and it's got crossed out and then it just says priest, like, but that's engraved. <laughs> and then it says Slayer in magic marker. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Falcus. <sighs> Uh, a- after you, my dear. All right, I'll take point. Uh, keeping an eye on, on the jungle to either side of the tracks. Um, just keeping an eye on the tracks as best as I can follow them. Uh, don't want to be ambushed by whatever creature this is. Okay. Um, so this is going to be survival again because it's, it's, it's explicitly for following tracks and keeping an eye out in the jungle. We're going to continue with the um, uh, the skill challenge of everybody rolling something different and explaining like how you're going to use it the next time that we're on our way to a destination on the map. But for now, because we're following a beast, the most appropriate thing to do is the survival check. So group survival? Yeah, that's fine. All those rolls were good anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, focus roll to 17. 21. 13. Okay. Um... Ari loses it every once in a while, but even if she had been on her own, these are pretty big tracks, and you're not just following tracks. You're follow- The beast is large enough to have damaged the jungle around it as it moved, so it's you, you would pick it up after you lost it pretty easily. Um, Falcus and, and Butch, you know, being eyes forward, being axes out, having to bushwhack a little... No, you wouldn't, because you're following a truck. Um you are able to make some pretty decent progress and follow these tracks. Um, but this section of the jungle, it's thick. It's unfriendly. Um, Probably hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 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 nice and warm. Um, after a little more than an hour of traveling through this section of the jungle, who has the highest passive perception in the group? I have a 16. I have a 12. Passive perception. Uh, I, yours I don't. Is 10. I, have, I don't know what you're talking about there. Below so, your saving throws. Yeah, your below sheet. the saving throws. Those are the passive scores. Those are like if I'm looking for who's perceptive, but I don't want to actually have you roll a perception check. I would just lean on the passive abilities. Um, Balka's capping out at a 16. I think would be the one to actually hear quietly in the distance. Not not in a very far distance though. Keep it down over there. Hunting this mess is hard enough without you scaring away all the wildlife. I'll put my my hand my hand up. Um and let me see. Can I spot the person whose voice this is coming from? That's a perception check. Twenty-five. Actually, yeah. Um he's up in a tree. As you look up, you can see that it's this dwarf with a bright red braided beard. He's got like stained and dirty explorer's clothing. He's got an oversized hunting rifle. And he looks down at you and he says, you couldn't have been more noisy if you tried, could you? 
Yes, we weren't very stealthy. Um, I am going to point and cast my cantrip message and uh, communicate that way with the dwarf and apologize uh, that we were following these tracks and that's where we are here now. And we're sorry to interrupt your hunt. You're following these. You're following my my target. I'm the one out here hunting thunder lizards. You only see those kinds of beasts out in Kalimdar, so I figured this one must have gotten away from the hard camp down by the coast. This one's been discharging lightning at any creature that comes across. Beasts like that makes for a fine hunt. Oh, uh, well, we found an, a dead ogre back that way, uh, and that's what we were following to see what killed that ogre. Uh, apologies for interrupting your hunt here. Um, where do you want us to go so we're no longer interrupting your hunt? No, no, no. Actually, you may be of quite a fair amount of use. These beasts are, well, they're impressive. Um, I'm trying to make my, a name for myself as the world's premier jungle kodo hunter. There's, there aren't any of those. And I want to make a name for myself. Join the Nessingwari expedition. Uh, everyone at the Nessingwari expedition, oh, I'm the great tiger hunter. I'm the great dragon hunter. I'm the great this, that, and the other. There's no kodo hunters. I'm going to be the first. Would you care to help me? I got the boots for it. Uh, this was all message. Oh, sorry. No, I he would, he would have oh, just he said hear. that out loud. Oh, okay. Uh, so my response to him was a message. His response back was was verbal. I'll, I'll, I'll look back to, to Ari and, and Butch. I'm like, going on a hunt, guys? Thumbs up. Let's do it. He climbs down out of the tree. He's shorter than all of you as a dwarf. Um, he reaches up to do some handshaking. He's got a large rifle on his back. Um, and he introduces himself as Olnog Steeltail. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Say, what brings you guys Say your name again. Onog. O-N-O-G. O-N-O-G. Steeltail. Onog. 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 All right. All right, Nog. Nice to meet you. What, what brings you people all the way out into Stranglethorn? Well, we're trying to kill bad guys, but uh, Falkus here just keeps wanting to kill other things. I see a trail. I'm going to keep following it. It's in the direction we got to go in anyway. Yeah, there's all this evil stuff. Yeah, I, 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 If you're, you know, from around here, <laughs> you probably noticed it. You know, all that red haze and stuff. We're trying to, you know, get get that taken care of. I'll tell you this much, and thanks for your help. I'd be happy to give you a share of the the meats, the trophies, the 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 hide, anything like that that you may require. I'm happy to share it. All but three I would of like... those things are interesting to me. Excellent. As long as it's in, it's important that if we come across anyone from Nessingwari, or if the story gets out, I was the leader of this expedition. That's very important to me. I have to make a name for myself. You understand? Well, lead the way, leader. Of course. Glory's yours. I like you people more and more every minute. Let's go. And he pulls his weapon off his back and starts stalking through the forest again. Follow his lead. And I'm a little bit behind um, uh, Ari. So we're letting the sneaky people up front. Sounds good. I'm at the rear. All right. I 
want to be matching uh, his movements. Like, as in, if he's starting to be sneaky, I'm going to start to be sneaky. If he's not caring about cracking branches, I'm not going to care. So I, I kind of want to match his uh, behaviors. All right. Uh, in that case, let's get a stealth check from everybody. Ari rolled a natural 20. Tight. 11. Uh, focus with a natural 1. On something nine. that you are plus eight on. That's crazy. Something that I'm plus eight on. Okay. Does this that's not the first time this has happened? <laughs> hey, but however the dice lie, that's how they lie. We'll take it and run with it. Or loudly run with it. Uh, does somebody in this group have Pass Without Trace? Or is that another game? No, you're thinking of uh, you're thinking That's of another game. Okay. Uh, okay, so a natural one is bad. But a natural 20 is very good. Um, the other skills that you had, we had a 17 from the hunter and we had an 11, uh, from Butch. So, uh, overall, um, I would say that the natural one and the natural 20 are going to cancel each other out. So in general, you guys are being kind of quiet, but you're not doing a great job at being quiet. Um, you guys, he, he leads you as quietly as he can through the jungle to where he's tracked the Kodo. Um, and as you enter into the area, you do see that it is standing. Uh, it's uh, munching on these like bright red leaves that are on like a low hanging branch somewhere. Um, every once in a while, you see that there is an electric energy that off of its scales. Um, and, it, you know, kind of at random intervals almost. Um, you aren't able to get the drop on it. But also, it's not able to get the drop on you. Um, it's like the stealth checks didn't go super good or super bad um so this is going to be regular uh regular fight um let me put you guys on a map uh you're welcome to arrange yourselves however you'd like you guys are in the bottom section of the map uh across the way from you you see this thing takes up a big space like you could easily all four of you ride on the back of this thing if it were so inclined to be that way it's got on what's left of an old harness um and it's it turns and sees you and it it's it's ticked and um judging from what onago had said earlier and the condition that you found that ogre in it seems like it attacks kind of uh on sight um we're gonna have you guys roll for initiative and again like i say you can arrange yourselves in whatever organization you'd like to down here before the fight starts where did we come in from? Uh, you would have come Where? in from... Oh, oh, you know what? Actually, you make a good point because you guys were approaching from the southwest. So let's move you guys over to this side. Um, and then he's up in the northeast. Like that. See, I'd be behind Ari. Because I'd be protecting Ari. You know what I mean? Okay. So are we arranged... Yeah, I think that's a good spot there. I don't even think we have line of sight to this guy <laughs> where we are. There's lots and lots of trees on this map, of big trees and big boulders and logs. There's there's lots of things that look like we'll need to jump over. Yeah, so finding, if you're ranged, finding line of sight may be a little tough. Um, the large trees are going to offer blocks to your line of sight. Um, these guys here, these rocks are going to block... Um, but these smaller bushes um, wouldn't necessarily. So 
Um, the way I think that it makes the most sense to come at this encounter is if you're at all questioning, like especially if you're ranged, if you're melee, it's not going to matter. Um, but if you're ranged and you're like not sure, it's perfectly fine to move to a place, say, how does it look from here? I'll let you know. And then you like you can either retract that movement or change your movement or whatever. I'm not going to penalize you guys movement speed because you misinterpreted the map. A shame uh, this is a, a formally tamed beast that it's uh, that we got to put it down. It's, it's kind of a shame. You know what? I was thinking the same thing. Like, it's got a harness on it. It looks like it just escaped. But we do know it's real dangerous because that, uh, that ogre saw the wrong end of its teeth. I mean, for all we know, maybe this wasn't tame and this was a captured beast that they threw a harness on and tried to tame and never got to it. So we could also take that and Well, remember, these are from around here. They would have come over from, uh, from, uh, Kalimdor with the orcs. So it would have been tame enough to be on a boat or one of them air things they use. Or tranquilize for that matter. I mean, they did get a T-Rex to what, San Francisco? No. Where was it? California somewhere. I don't know. I've never met a T-Rex, except for the one in Chicago. The heck are you talking about? Sue. Talking about Sue. Um, And I was talking about Jurassic Park 2. Oh. You guys are exploring the reasoning that this is all happening. Um, Anybody who wants to can roll an animal handling check real quick for me. This isn't really so much a... um, about animal handling, but it's more about understanding animal handling. Ari rolled a 21. Focus with a 13. Now, I do have beast sense and speak with animals if we want to mess with it. But, I mean, a beast sense doesn't make sense here, but speak with animals might. But if we're just trying to hunt, I don't know, how do what? What, what do we get out of these rolls? I would say that Ari would recognize that, okay, well, a lot of the creatures in this jungle are being affected by the by the, the, the rage mist, like the, the, the blood stuff. Um, so this may have been at one point, probably was a domesticated creature at some point, but like it's exploding with lightning and it's killing everybody in its path. Like there may not be a whole lot in reasoning um, with it. Uh, there, it's, it's, pretty clear that this creature is off the rails to you um and this hunt seems like a good excuse to do two birds in one stone um it's gonna help onag with his quest for glory and it's going to you know basically make the jungle safer um this creature has uh um caused damage in such a way that domesticated creatures can't really do yeah that's all i need to know okay so um Makes me feel a bit better about putting it down. It's it's quite a bit away from us, like sixty feet or so. Uh, so let's let, let, let's go. Um, you guys get into this area. Uh, it turns and sees you, and there's like lightning generating across its scales and flowing down its back. And he goes, "Are you ready?" And he runs across this way about 30 feet so that he can get a little bit of a clearer line of sight on this creature. Um, 
you're right. We are at a pretty decent distance here. Where actually, how far? So from Onog's position, he's about 50 feet out, which means that this attack that he's going to, he's going to pull his musket off his back and he's going to fire, but he is because of the range going to fire with disadvantage. Uh, and a six would miss. There's this loud exploding gun noise as just, but I mean, the distance and the bush and everything else, it makes it kind of hard to see what's going on. Uh, Falcus, you're up. Alrighty. Um, this is a little bit difficult because I'm trying to make sure I have like a straight shot slash line of sight. You did say this tree here was bad and those rocks were bad. Um, you want to go this way. Don't have bonus action hide yet. That's actually, you know what? Yeah. So, um, how tall are the bushes here? Uh, you could shoot over those easily. Um, if you're going to go to the place where you just marked, you would be shooting through the tree. I would give the Kodo half cover in that situation. So, which is plus two to its armor class. Okay. Um, so actually what I want to do is I'm going to take my movement and I've got 30 feet of movement. So I'm going to move to here but I'm going to use my action. I'm not going to use my action to double dash. Uh, I'm going to use my action to hide. Okay. Roll a stealth check. 19. Okay. That was a good idea. The foliage here is 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 pretty thick, um, and you have a decent suspicion that you're pretty well hidden. That's your entire turn? That is my entire turn. That sets me up for the next turn to finish a movement and then be able to take an attack action. Okay. Um, Ari, it's your turn. Okay. So, this isn't something I've asked before. Do spells have line of sight things then? Just like range attacks? It depends on the spell. Um, If the spell requires that you see your target, then yes. But you don't have to see your target completely like per, yeah you don't have to see okay. your entire target um for for shooting something um it would have like an increase in its armor class if you had to shoot around an obstacle but you could still kind of see him but he's like kind of partially obscured by it for a spell as long as you can see the target um if it's a spell attack roll we would do cover but if the spell requires that you see your target and it has to make a um an ability check of some or a save of some kind then it depends okay. dexterity checks usually get a bonus from line of sight but like constitution checks and things like that do not. And then this spell I've never, I don't think I've used yet, or if I have, I don't remember. Um, I took thunderclap a while ago. So I create a burst of thunderous sound that can be heard up to 100 feet. It says each creature within range, but it says the range is five feet. So do I direct where the center of the clap is? Or is it, how does that work? Thunderclap is a cantrip, right? Yes. Okay, it's it's all of the squares directly around you. Okay, so it's focused on me. I'm the center, and yeah. then it's the five feet. Okay, and it that does hurt. Sure. It does hurt everything around yes. you. <laughs> That's I didn't know because it it confused me with the can be heard for a hundred feet away. So I'm like, okay, if we're trying to be stealthy, that's going to ruin that. But I didn't know if it meant I could direct where the clap was or if I was the clap. Okay, that's all I need to know. Interestingly, um, the wording on this is very important because Thunder Clap and Thunder Wave both affect the same size of a space, but Thunder Wave you can put in front of you and it's the 15 the fifteen Cone. by 15 square in front of you or to the side of you or something where Thunder Clap is around you. 
Gotcha. But Thunder Wave costs a spell slot, so whereas yeah. Thunderclaps can't trip. I did not know that. Anyway, uh, ignoring everything, we're just going to go ahead and cast a... We're just going to do a level three Dissonant Whispers. So he's within 60 feet, and if I'm understanding correctly, I can see him. Because I think I can see over this bush here. Or do I need to move? Uh, No, you can see him from here. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so he needs to do a Wisdom Saving Roll of 16. I don't know how wise Kodos are. 15. Okay, so um, he's going to take 5d6 of psychic damage. So I'm going to look at him and just say, you know, run, run as fast as you can because I will catch you. This is all part of the plan. And he's going to take 14 psychic damage. All right. Takes 14 psychic damage. And you see, like, he's staring at you guys as you're attacking him and he's like kind of scraping his feet on the ground like he's getting ready to bull charge and then um, just between breaths like the lightning is like sliding across his scales and then he suddenly stops and he turns and he tries to run deep in, deeper into the jungle uh, he is going to uh, possibly succeed in doing that um, 20 yeah I would say so he is going to crash through the foliage here, and he is going to actually head off map. That's he runs. He what's the distance he has to run? It says um, on a successful take. Let's see. Da, 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 move as far away as its speeds allows away from me. Okay, so it's mo- so it's movement speed. All right, perfect. It turns and runs and just like it just carves a path through the brush, and you lose sight of him. Did we want can, that to happen? But he can only move his movement speed. Like, you can catch up to him, but he does take off running. And then that'll be my turn. Having stumbled upon a soon-to-be-famous hunter of thunder lizards, our heroes are in pursuit of the beast through the jungles. Can the party afford this distraction? Will they get lost as they run through the trees? How dangerous is this Kodo anyway? We'll have to wait until next time to find out when we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.